0: Oh, the ending was terrible. We could do it again. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. It was really bad. We need to kind of have a standardized ending, right? I mean, we could even before. We should it and just, yeah. just, just like, yeah,
1: something around like um, whatever, like the typical, like the typical, yeah, no, click, or... click
0: follow, you know, reviewers yeah, yeah. kind, of kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, we should think about something. Yeah, I-, I don't know. I mean, there's maybe there's some value in just doing like um this like. Weird, impromptu, awkward stuff. Also, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it can be your like, thing. Be yeah, your people, thing. people like that. I mean, like everyone's so polished on podcasts, and everyone's yeah. so like, maybe this is our thing, you know. Uh, and at some point, I guess we will like we'll get used to this. So then, it's, it's just going to be more polished. Well, and,
0: right? and we've in the past couple of episodes, we we had to say goodbye to somebody, so it's easier to to wrap it up, right? And now it was just <laughs> yeah. kind of like. I'm not gonna say goodbye to you because it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I should probably come up with a catchphrase or something that I can always say at the end so that I can sort of mentally, yeah, leave it. Or right? we just fade out with the music,
1: so it's just like yeah, all the goodbyes become kind of like they kind of fade out. So yeah,
0: yeah, that works. That works.
1: Let's see. I mean, this one's gonna be interesting to edit because it's like gonna be held to edit. Now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's your turn now. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It is. We haven't done the intro, by the way.
0: Oh no. Um, Shit! What are we talking about? How are we going to intro this? Hey
1: everyone, welcome to Appetite for Distraction, a podcast about music and tech. I'm Yash. I write a newsletter called Appetite for Distraction.
0: And I'm Martin. I write a newsletter called Music X.
1: Awesome. So today's episode is is it's just going to be Martin and I, by the way, and it's going to be a little rant on, or maybe a slightly long rant on all those companies <laughs> saying they're going to fix or reimagine the artist fan relationship. So a lot of interesting things to dig into. So yeah, let's get into it.
0: Right on. Do you know where you left off? Do you want to continue your thinking? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah it was around whether this space is exciting or... or yeah, that was my question scene. that I asked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's hard to say, man, because the mood to me seems very existential. I don't know if you sense this. I don't think anything has changed in terms of the technology and just the fundamental belief that this technology is powerful. But people are rethinking how it can apply to to music. That's, that's the sense I get
0: yeah yeah i personally don't just just don't see a lot of interesting things happening right now there's not a lot mm. of cool people doing cool experiments right yeah i mean as a as an example S- sound sound.xyz yeah you know made a big boo ha ha we're doing open editions it's not that special
1: yeah it's not a big deal <laughs> it's not
0: really a big deal you know and, yeah. And, and, yeah and also you could already do 500 editions and there's not that many artists who are going to sell more than that right yeah yeah but I guess there is an interesting question underneath that, because the whole sound thing especially was so based on selling out. And, and I've personally always thought that it's good to not have something that doesn't sell out, right? Because there's something you can always point people towards. And, you know, if you find somebody who's interested in your work, then you can say, oh, and actually, you know, here's my my page. You can still buy this NFT for me and, and support me and become a member of my DAO or whatever. The thing I'm trying to say is more people should be doing cool experiments. There should be people pushing the envelope again. And I don't think that really happened in the past couple of months.
1: Yeah, for sure. Dan Fowler spoke about this in an essay where he was kind of talking about us moving away from the scarcity model to a productive asset model. And that kind of summarizes what you were trying to say, right? Scarcity can can be great for the short term. And it's awesome when, when we're in the bull market and everyone's excited and everyone's cash rich. ETH prices are up, you know, life is great. But when when things get tough, you kind of start relying on utility. And if ownership doesn't have some kind of underlying utility, it's really hard to sustain when things get tough. And if we stick to the scarcity model, what happens is you're attracting a very specific subset of music fans. These are the kinds of folks who maybe buy vinyls or buy these niche things. And it's a very small group. If this music crypto thing is ever to become... Big or uh, or accessible is is a better way to put it, then we kind of need to move on towards using tokens to co-create value rather than treating it as a collectible. for example, collectibles to me are not interesting at all. I'm not someone who collects you know, and that doesn't mean I'm not excited about this space; it just means that that is not how I express my fandom if that makes sense and I suspect there are a lot of other people who also feel this way who are excited by the technology but aren't necessarily aligned with collecting a scarce item as a as a way of expressing fandom
0: i think we mentioned black dave earlier he always talks about the experiential part of nfts being being the utility does that resonate with you or when you say utility do you more mean you know when we were interviewing Robin Spottiswood from Nifty Music, that sort of PFP style utility, right? With traits and rarities and, Mm. you know, focus on the floor price and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. If you own six of my NFTs, you can, you know, you get a birthday, a song recording, all that sort of jazz.
1: It would be very interesting to be proximate to an artist or being part of a community that does interesting things culturally or creatively. That's valuable to me. I know for other folks, if we zoom out and we're thinking of very mainstream applications, token gated events and stuff like that, uh, you know, IRL. What's happening now, for example, is that because Web3 is new, so to speak, and I say new in air quotes, it kind of attracts early adopters. So if you buy an NFT, you're a part of a community of early adopters. And that's fun, at least for for us, because we happen to be early adopters. But what happens when Web3 isn't new, you know, when it's just (laughs) a technology that allows people to build aligned communities? What would make fans care then, is the question. It'll be interesting when people other than early adopters are actually engaging in a community.
0: And I always wonder if they will, you know, I have serious doubts whether this stuff is actually going to scale because it's still so clunky and it's definitely been usurped by AI at the moment in terms of new tech, shiny thing. So we are now in into a new phase, right? In this ecosystem. And I guess that's also why I don't see a lot of experiments happening is because people are either building something long-term or they've probably left and did something wild with, you know, write a children's book in a weekend with a chat GPT. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think the community aspect that you touch on is so strong, right? because the rails that are there with Web three can help you establish that community, build that community, they can help you ice that community and in sort of defining the give get relationship that is super important in making your totally. community work, right? So what do you get out of it? what do you give back to it? and all of that stuff can be sort of simply put put on the blockchain yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah, another thought I had was. So we always talk about web3 in the context of artist fan relationships, right? But I think I think that narrative is kind of done to death. I feel what's more exciting is the artist to artist relationships, right? The f- the formation of creative communities, almost a creative renaissance of sorts, right? Where a bunch of creators, whether that's musicians or visual artists, de- designers, filmmakers, etc., get together and create something special because their their incentives are aligned. And I mean, previously, like we needed a label or a big studio to come in and orchestrate the formation of these groups. You were signed to Warner and then they connected you with this amazing music video producer for your new record. And they kind of orchestrated these teams. But I think like the real opportunity is there. Yeah. Rather than the artist fan relationships, because a lot of fans aren't artistic and don't have anything to do with the arts or creativity.
0: A lot of the utility in brackets is often, yeah. hey, you know, you can have access to my stems or uh, yeah. and you can do with it what you want. And then if you're not a producer or you're not a musician, then that's just what you not utility, do? right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, exactly. If you think about it, labels don't really offer
1: early stage support anymore. They usually come in at the growth stage when, when an artist has a like, proven track record. It's been a while since we saw a major push the cultural envelope, so to speak. But I think DAOs can can maybe change that, you know. Aligned individuals can provide the capital that cutting-edge artist projects need. Aligned individuals can also provide the expertise that cutting-edge creative projects need. So it's not just about capital, of course. It's more about coming together and building something interesting.
0: How do you see that being funded? Do you think that that will be sort of grant-based? Do you think that we'll see more organizations... On the blockchain, who say you know? Here's a here's a here's a grant based system hmm. where you can get one ETH or four ETH or go ahead and do your thing. Or do you first need to create something and then sell it and then use that as a treasury to kind of move forward?
1: Yeah, a, a little bit of both. I think the grant model is very strong. I know in Europe it's a pretty strong way for a lot of projects to get kick started, which is awesome. Government based, um, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That model can definitely be kind of uh, borrowed and and uh, brought to the blockchain with, with individuals contributing or maybe like prominent institutions in web3 contributing like a polygon grant
0: um. yeah Polygon, Sora, yeah. they're very yeah. strong yeah. In yeah. this, right yeah
1: i also feel like creatives themselves if they pool capital together even if it's 10 people you know there's a musician there's a a video producer designer and so on even if 10 individuals come together and pool their resources i think that's valuable enough to build something interesting Another way to think about it is maybe these ten people come together, they create a proposal and start promoting it. Kind of what, what the Constitution DAO did a little bit. It literally started. Basically, with a group, yes. Yeah, with a group chat. Whereas, oh, should we buy the constitution? And then that group chat spiraled into like this huge movement. Uncontrollable. Right? <laughs> Almost, yeah. <laughs> um, so that could be an interesting model as well, where just people who want to do the same thing but can't do it individually, get together and and build something cool. So it just comes back to this artist-to-artist relationship. A B2B revolution than a B2C revolution, to put it in suit terms. The artist is- as
0: a business has a business-to-business relation with the other yeah. artist as a business, right? And when it extends beyond music and involves writers, video artists, graphic designers, a whole lot to create a project together. There's super interesting examples of this and one of the things that a lot of people are talking about is nouns with the no code builder that they've now established with zora being the way forward of doing that i have some doubts there because i think if everybody starts doing a weekly generative nft then the market will be flooded and all the value will disappear but um uh, for some people it could definitely work
1: yeah totally and it need not even be that technical you know, it could be something really simple. It need not be a moonshot, right? And that's where things get really exciting because on a local level, we'll see these projects come up and then things become kind of modular because your reputation in one project is transferred to another and so on. And we already see that happening. So that's more exciting than Companies trying to completely rethink the
0: artist-fan relationship. Or who are actually ex- excellent at branding themselves that way on their website, but we have no idea what they're actually doing. Yeah,
1: And then what happens typically, I kind of understand why they do it. Obviously, using those dramatic narratives just helps with their valuation, and especially in the bull market. And then the, the predicament it puts founders in is that suddenly you realize that crypto is really hard to scale. It's awesome when you're doing things at a small scale but suddenly when you're dealing with a lot of people it becomes incredibly complex there's no way to do it without centralization of some sort and then you have centralized companies masquerading as decentralized projects.
0: yeah for sure do you think that there's that this is a pitfall for artist-to-artist creative communities as well who just want to do a cool project that they will run into these same issues
1: i think the smaller projects are are kind of easier to do because they're not that complicated. And, and you have a suite of tools now that, that helps you do those things, you know. Governance isn't that complicated. It's not controversial either, because the presupposition is that you're aligned anyway. But yeah, when the when like groups grow in size, I think then it becomes really hard to manage them. And then some degree of centralization is needed. And yeah, then it kind of becomes messy. I, I don't know if you have examples of creative projects going south because of scale. They, they probably just centralize. They don't go south. They just centralize
0: rather than descending. Into yeah, camp. you see elements of decision-making being centralized, right? You, you even see this in Song Camp or something, you know? So it's one of the poster poster girls of these communities. And and, and even there, you see that. And I, I don't think that, that that's not strange at all. It's also just human nature, right? Because yeah. if you look at any community, you have that famous 99-1 rule where 1% of everybody makes the content that everybody else sort of engages with and then nine percent actually sort of does some engagement and the rest just lurks right so if you have a group of 10 creatives going b2b and creating a cool project then you'll still have one person who's sort of leading the charge so even though there's not that many interesting headline grabby things that are happening right now i guess on the surface there's a lot of people experimenting right and Mm. there's more artists coming into into the ecosystem we were talking about it in our last episode with dan fowler in in 2015 to 2018 there were maybe 30 artists who were interested in blockchain technology and now there's several hundreds or maybe even a couple thousand artists who are playing around with this and these are all creative people who are trying to put their creative vision out in a certain way so i'm, I'm thinking that in the in this year actually in 2023 that we'll definitely see some experiments which will hopefully be based around sort of the vision of an artist right and the thing that they want to say and their story that they want to tell and then we'll see other people right you said artist to artist we'll see other people join those join those those visions join those Mm. stories to kind of come up with interesting ways to utilize the technologies that are there to tell those to tell those stories
1: it's exciting because the space isn't Exciting, if that makes sense. So let me explain. When there's not a lot of noise in a specific space, it's good because companies align towards value creation rather than riding hype cycles or trends. And this is exactly what we need. It's really healthy because founders, companies, artists, or any project in this space now will be thinking about creating value for regular people rather than jumping on the latest trend so in that sense i'm really excited about what's to come in this space and we should definitely have more founders and and thinkers in the upcoming episodes to unpack what's really happening
0: yeah i mean it's a good challenge to ourselves right
1: yeah absolutely absolutely
0: all right awesome yeah we'll see each other on the next episode we don't know who the guest is going to be yet but it will definitely be somebody who can help get us excited again